This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, my Conscious Co-Creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We have a fascinating show in store for you today uh, with a guest on the phone up in Boston area who I'm really looking forward to bringing on and introducing to you all, of course, but first... We have our quotes of the day from Mike Dooley in the universe and from Abraham. So let's get started. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today on this kind of misty, rainy day in New York City. All right. First, from the universe. You wouldn't believe the stuff people think they want. Just the other day, someone was asking for a llama. Nothing wrong with llamas. I have a few myself, but the llama he wants is supposed to help him with his business, schlepping over mountains. They're good for that. Now, why do you suppose he didn't just ask for a pickup truck? Trust me, he could have asked for a pickup truck and he'd have been a lot happier. So, I'm off to the bazaar. In the meantime, should you need anything, please be sure to ask for what you really want. Tally-ho, the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. Uh, having a little fun with us today. I, I personally like llamas myself. They're really cute. I saw a couple when I was in Australia, believe it or not. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I, the llamas, the, the, the pickup truck, I hope you guys all know that is all just uh, an analogy, a, a, a symbology, shall we say, of reminding us that when we ask the universe for something in our life, and remember, we ask not just with our words, and primarily actually not with our words, primarily with our feelings, our thoughts, our focus, our attention. What are we picturing in our minds? it's reminding us that when we're focusing on something we want to bring into our life to make it the thing we really want, not the thing that kind of superficially feels like what we want. And I would liken this to something like a huge bank account. Not that there's anything wrong with a huge bank account. I like to have numbers with lots of zeros in my bank account as well. But just having a bunch of money in the bank doesn't really necessarily do anything for us. Yes, you may say it gives us freedom, but no, having that money sitting in the bank account does not give us any freedom. Using that money, 
And taking that money and trading it for different things gives us freedom. It gives us resources. It gives us the ability to do different things like travel, like um, uh, giving to uh, causes that we enjoy. Uh, it, it, it enables us to do kinds of things, but the money itself doesn't really do anything. And why do we want to do those things in the first place? We want to do them because they make us feel good. We, we want to do them because they, they, they lift our hearts and enlighten our souls. It, it's not the thing itself. It's really about the feeling, uh, the memories, the experience of it. Right? I, I, w- I went to Australia. I wanted to go to Australia for a really long time. Why did I want to go to Australia? Not so I could say, yeah, I've been to Australia. But it just seemed like such a faraway, fascinating place. I like the idea that they happen to speak English there. And, and, you know, I always wanted to see kangaroos and koalas and swim in the Great Barrier Reef and have those experiences. Because being in such a faraway place that was just so different from where I'm used to, it, it just felt good to be there, to have that experience and to meet the people. The people were amazing, were wonderful. And, and it's kind of funny because, as many of you know, the, the founder of this network, Talking Alternative, uh, Giorgio Repetti, who's now known as Bonte because he's a Buddhist monk, he comes from Sydney. He's originally from Australia. Um, and I've met many Australians, and I've always gotten along with people from Australia, so I just I wanted to see where they came from. And so that experience was why I went there. It wasn't just to say, okay, I've been to Australia. Uh, so it, I think this is just a reminder of, you know, why do, you know, we really want the things that we say we want. Is it about you know, having that actual thing, or is it about the experience, the feeling, the the sense of contribution or the sense of accomplishment that we desire? So when we're asking the universe for something, let's, you know, take a moment before we ask for that llama and see if we want a llama or we really want a pickup truck. Now, maybe we do want a llama because a llama is fun, it's different, it's, it's exciting, it's something that to love. But if what we really want is to have more joy and ease and grace bringing stuff over a mountaintop, then maybe we really want a pickup truck. And maybe we don't even want a pickup truck. Maybe we don't even want to drive. Maybe what we want is just to have a crew, a delivery crew, taking all that stuff for us over the mountaintop so we don't even have to deal with it but we provide a great service to our customers so that they feel like we really care about them and they become loyal and raving fans so uh, I I really like this quote from the universe Um, I see we have some love there on the Facebook live Patty says, ah, sending good wishes to you. Thank you, Patty, loyal listener. Uh, always appreciate the fact that you always tune in every week. Thank you so much. Okay, let's get on to our quote from Abraham. Each and every component that makes up your life experience is drawn to you by the powerful law of attraction's response to the thoughts you think and the story you tell about your life. Your money and financial assets, your body's state of wellness, Clarity, flexibility, size, and shape. 
your work environment, how you are treated, work satisfaction and rewards. Indeed, the very happiness of your life experience in general is all happening because of the story that you tell, Abraham. I really like this quote because, right, the stories that we tell about every aspect of our life dictate the meaning that we create from that experience, from that point in our life. And it's interesting because it's all made up. It really is. Now, you may say, Sam, no, but you don't understand. Like, this story I have about how I was treated when, with a kid or how this boss discriminated against me or what this person did to me, like, that's a real story. And yeah, the events might be real, but the meaning we make from them is completely made up. It is completely in our control, the meaning we make from our stories. And the reason why these stories create our life is not just because, oh, I'm, you're telling the story over and over again. It's because of the feeling that it generates based on the meaning you put to the story. So when we put a meaning on something, so it's not the story. Okay, yes, maybe you have the story that, you know, you were abused as a child or you were taken advantage of or your friends didn't like you that much or whatever it happens to be. But the meaning we make from it, like, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, this means I'm a bad person. Oh, this means, like, I don't deserve good stuff. That underlying meaning is what creates this vibrational energy around us that the universe, people, animals, everything responds to. And look, I'm not saying you should beat yourself up over the stories that you've created. We all do it. I do it. I'm the pack calling the kettle black. Absolutely. But once we know and we realize, oh, Like the meaning I'm making from the story, it could be a totally different meaning. Instead of the meaning that I'm not good enough, I'm bad, it's like the meaning you could make from it is see how strong I am that I came through that, how resilient I am, um, and and how that made me a better person maybe because because that happened to me and I never want to see that happen to anybody else, so I'm kinder to people, I'm gentler to people. Right? The meaning we make from these things we can change that meaning. We can turn it on its head and see it from a new perspective. That's not one that's disempowering, but one that's empowering. Not that one that makes us feel lousy, but makes us feel fantastic. Now look, if we're used to telling stories to ourselves that, that are, are not good for us, that tear us down, that disempower us, it, Of course, it's a new habit you're going to have to form and you're going to have to work at telling a better story and shifting your perspective. And this is where, you know, seeing someone like me for for advice and coaching and mentoring um, to to keep you accountable for for changing your stories is very, very helpful. You know, without the people in my life who I work with who help remind me of this stuff you know, I would be having just as hard a time as anybody else. So that's why it's really important to work with someone. And at the same time, you know, it also is like going to the gym. It takes time to build up that muscle. 
And the longer that you've been telling this old story, yeah, it's going to take some time to build up that new story. Now, how much time it takes is up to us because that also is a story. How quickly we can change is a story. What kind of effort we need to put towards it is all a story. So find a story that's more empowering for you. And telling a story like, oh yeah, I can change automatically, instantly, on a dime, everything, all at once, right now, right here. And then you don't, may not be quite an empowering story. But maybe a story that's more gentle and more kind, that, hey, it's okay. It's okay to take your time. It's okay that you don't get it right, right away. But as long as we keep encouraging ourselves, we keep loving ourselves, as long as we keep uh, 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 recognizing that, you know, we're making an effort and that it's okay to love ourselves and it's okay to even love that part of us that, that is telling this awful story over and over again, especially that part that over time, I can almost guarantee you, you will start telling a new story around the exact same incident in your life. And that with this new story, you'll begin to attract new things in your life, different things, because of that new feeling that you begin to generate. Because it all comes down to how we feel inside our body, in our nervous system, in our life. So, two wonderful, amazing quotes today from Mike Dooley in the Universe and from Abraham. And I would say rather apropos for our guest, who I will bring on right after this commercial break. Um, and I'm really looking forward to introducing her to you. So, Thank you all for indulging me in the quotes of the day. I hope you enjoyed them. I certainly did. I, I always do. Um, and so you are listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, <laughs> Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time, in, right here in New York City in the United States. And we will be right back after these messages. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I really appreciate you all being with us here today. And it is now my pleasure to welcome to the show psychotherapist, soul healer, and author Nomi Grace. Did I get that right, Nomi? Noem Grace. Noem Grace. Okay. You know, I have a, I have a niece and her name is Nomi. <laughs> so, um, oh, yes. Yes, that's, I've met other people with that name as well. Yes. <laughs> so, um, how can you move beyond your comfort zone and bring the horizon of limitless opportunities closer? Noemi channels mm -hmm. new perspectives from God on unconditional self-love, forgiveness, divine grace, and life's purpose. 
purpose. Her new book, An Intimate Dialogue with God, The Miraculous Power of Unconditional Self-Love, is the first in a series of books that shares her transformative communication with God and her experience as she learns to apply the divine messages to her life. And we're here today to talk about moving beyond our comfort zones, how to bring the horizon closer. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Noemi. Oh, thank you so much, Sam. You're welcome. I, I really enjoyed your stories that you were sharing earlier and, and about the story we tell ourselves and, yeah. you know, your quotes and the story we tell ourselves because that, that also is related to the comfort zone and it keeps us, we tell a story about what's, what's okay for us, what's right. not okay for us. Right. Um, what's comfortable, know, what's limit, not comfortable. We limit ourselves with our stories. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I always like to start off with, uh, you know, giving our audience at least some background about, I always like to say how you got from there to here, and from there, <laughs> it's kind of arbitrary where we pick. But I'm just curious, <laughs> were you always like a very either religious or spiritual person in your life, or was this something that developed later in your life? Okay. So I was raised in, in a religious family okay. uh, or spiritual family. Um, my father had two jobs. His mm-hmm. part-time job was being a minister, and that's the job he loved. Ah, um, okay. You know, then he was a, a loan officer in a bank from Monday ah. through Friday. So, um, so we were raised with an understanding um, of the spiritual world and of the divine based mm-hmm. on, of course, the Bible. And um, in my 20s, and especially my 30s, I moved away from all of that, and I had no religious affiliation. I still don't. Um, but I also became very skeptical and very disconnected from mm. the spiritual world. And then on September 11, 2001, um, that all changed as I was stuck in a train station near Boston, you know, and the planes originated from Boston. Oh, right. The train was not coming. Nothing was happening. And um, I I was on this platform, and it was getting more and more crowded, and it was completely silent except for people sobbing. And it was in that moment that I just felt, it was as if I felt everybody's fear. I was just so overwhelmed with fear, and I just wanted to curl into a ball. And, And in that moment, all of a sudden, after several moments of, of feeling overwhelmed with fear, I uttered this prayer on this silent um, platform of use me for the healing of the world. It wasn't anywhere in my conscious mind, but somewhere deep down inside was the understanding that, wow, this world needs help, and I'm here. If you want to use me, I'm here. Hmm. And so it was a way of coming full circle, but not full circle, because this was a very different understanding I, that I have now than what I did in childhood for so many reasons. But that ability, that willingness on that day, which really still when I reflect back on it, it amazes me because that's not how I was living my life. I see. Um, Now, this isn't something that was really like in your conscious mind that you were like, oh, my God, like I've got to do something to help all these people right here, right now. It was more something that welled up from inside of you, in a sense? Yes. I see. And then, and then what happened was it was helping me. I, as I said, used me for the healing of the world. And I said that out loud a mm. few times, and then I just started to, to use that as a mantra internally. Mm. And the more I, I 
use that said that prayer, use that mantra, the more that I became less afraid. So I started to become ah. less, a little bit less afraid. And I was born uh-huh. in New York City, and my father had worked in the World Trade Center and retired just a couple years before that. Oh, really? So I was, ah. um, the whole thing was very terrifying for me. And so that, even though that ability rose up and within me somehow to say that prayer, it was helping me. So I was doing it for me. <laughs> In a way. Wow, wow. You know, it's so funny because I've had on uh, 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 more than one other person who, how shall I say, their gifts kind of turned on on 9-11, like mm-hmm. suddenly. And, and some of them didn't even know about what had happened. Like uh, this uh, one uh, friend of mine who I've had on the show, Karen Garvey, she was like a financial consultant and working on all this stuff. And she was out jogging the morning of 9-11. And then in the middle of her jog, she got this like sudden flash that like, oh, my God, there's been a terrorist attack on the United States. And she had no reason to know that, no reason to believe it. She gets home. A friend tells her, you know, calls her up, tells her, turn on the TV. She turns on and she sees about the World Trade Center. She's like blown away. And and then like after that, like two weeks later, it, it sort of evolved and then other stuff. So it's really, to me, quite fascinating that this day, 9-11, which is like a day of such horror for so many people and, and, and such tragedy, how sort of counterbalancing that in a way, there are so many people who, in a sense, like awakened to a higher understanding of themselves and, and, and opened up to their gifts on that day as well, e- even if it's not that they fully opened up, but it just, it was the point that led them to the opening of their gifts. Yes, yes. I mean, the, there was definitely so much energy in a positive direction also happening at that same time, right. um, because I have also heard other people share stories of of really very unusual things that happened to them on 9-11. And um, it just, it, it, for whatever reason, the universe, the universe was responding to that is mm. how I see it. You know, the, the divine, the universe, whatever God, whatever you want to call it, was responding to that. And, and people that were in some way gifted or not that I feel like I'm so much more gifted than anybody else because we all got so many gifts that we don't even know that right. we have. Absolutely. But in some way willing, in some way open. Right. I found myself open that day, and I wasn't really open generally. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of times. I mean, we all, we all have unique gifts, and we all have mm-hmm. amazing abilities, and, and sometimes they just haven't revealed themselves to us yet, or maybe they revealed themselves to us a long time ago, and we got made fun of or felt uncomfortable about it or it felt too strange or weird so then we kind of pushed away from it or, or shut it down and so we we haven't really allowed it to fully blossom until later in life so so after what what uh, so after 9 11 and, and this prayer kind of came up from inside of you when did things really start when did you really start to notice like a real shift in change or or like you know, when did things start to really move in 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 a in in a different direction for you than than where you were at that day? Sure. So it was not overnight. Um, mm-hmm. I had actually met a spiritual teacher the week before nine eleven, oh. and um, and I was actually 
in that train station because I was completing my master's degree in counseling psychology and ready to become uh, a therapist and help the world, or so I thought. <laughs> and um, so I started to study with a spiritual teacher, and, and that was opening up more gifts. Um, uh, but it really was in March. I remember the date, and I will always remember the date, March 3rd, 2012. I'm on the elliptical in my living room, uh, and all of a sudden I hear, and I'm listening to affirmations, you know, you can do it. You're unstoppable, all of this stuff. And then all of a sudden, silence. And I heard, love is the fabric of freedom. Forgiveness paves the way to freedom. You will know when you are free, when there's nothing left to forgive, because you see through the eyes of love. Wow. So that was 11 years wow. after the prayer. 11 and, and years I had after. seen opening gifts. And, and, it, and then even after that, 2012, which Mm -hmm. was so profound. I got off the elliptical, wrote it down, looked at it, and said, this didn't come from me. No way. (laughs) (laughs) So I knew, and it was a few years later that that really the channeling was was consistently every day. And Uh. a few years later, when when that happened in in 2015, where I was like, okay, so actually am I talking to? Mm-hmm. You know, I love the old expression that describes prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening to God. And, and, <laughs> and so it's kind of like, you know, we do these practices like meditation, which is different from prayer, and they both have their own purpose. But when we stop um, asking questions of God and stop talking to God and actually sit still and listen that then we receive from again uh, I'm I'm not hung up on on words God the universe mm-hmm. spirit whatever you want to call it and then we receive right. this innate knowledge that comes to us but it's from listening not from asking or receiving Which and is, I so agree with that and I I never heard it articulated that way and it's so helpful so thank you sam Uh um for me actually i had started to meditate every day it was six months six months prior to that i had to 20 when i started to really receive them daily um Uh so in 2014 in october i started to meditate every day with my husband and um it was something i'd done sporadically if I was really agitated or anxious, I would meditate, but then I was having trouble meditating because I didn't have a consistent practice. Uh, and so after six months of daily meditation, being, getting into the stillness, right. being silent, yes, with a mantra, right. um, but no, silent otherwise, and um, that listening really opened up. So oh. you were definitely tuned in to even just bring that to the conversation. So thank you. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I try and, I try and do these uh, conversations, these interviews as organically as possible because I find the, the magic is in the presence of just being with the words being spoken. And, it, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I heard recently that I just wanted to bring to the conversation before we go on break was I was listening to uh, um, a talk given by Craig, Hamil- uh, Craig Hamilton, who, who has this practice called Integral Enlightenment. And he was quoting somebody else because he was talking about sort of achieving enlightenment and how it's very sort of haphazard. And, and I forget, there was some spiritual master he was talking to, and the spiritual master said, 
you know, uh, uh, enlightenment is an accident, but spiritual practice makes you more accident prone. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I love that. Um, you know, because sometimes we, we kind of feel like, okay, if I sit and meditate every day in like six months, a year or 10 years, uh, you know, I'll achieve enlightenment. I'll be there. And it's like, no, not necessarily. I mean, yes, Mm. we're priming the pump, so to speak, and we're opening ourselves up so that the possibility of having that kind of experience is much greater. But actually, when you talk to anyone who's actually had that kind of real spiritual experience, it's not necessarily tied to a specific practice or it's not like, you know, you do a practice X amount of time and then it happens. But lots of times people who have that, they then talk about meditation and they talk about spiritual practice because they have no other way to help people to try and have that experience. And it sounds to me like, you know, you had that experience on 9-11 and then you kind of, you know, created the spiritual practice and then it slowly over time that helped you to be more open and so it became a little more consistent but it, it's yes. not necessarily a cause and effect kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yes. And the other thing that I'd like to say is sometimes I've known people who are what I call chasing, chasing enlightenment, yeah. uh, you know, uh, chasing awakening, yeah. um, you know, and that becomes sort of the goal. Right. I'm going to be right. awakened. I'm going to be enlightened. I'm going to be. Right. And then that process of doing that, I found tends to get in the way. Yes. Instead, just, yes. just doing the practice for the practice sake. You know, I, right. I, meditation, let me do that just, just to experience that. No mind experience getting out of this racing thoughts. And yeah. not, not because it's going to now make me somebody who is one with the universe. You know, mm-hmm. And so doing, doing the practice just to gain the benefits of the practice. And so I think when we start to, our ego gets involved and wants to have this higher goal, like awakening and mm-hmm. enlightenment mm-hmm. and all of that, um, and then the ego gets in the way. Yes, so, yeah. It's kind of like we develop a bit of a, in, in Matt Kahn's terms, a spiritual ego. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I have experienced that myself for sure. Okay, great. So listen, we're going to leave it there for the moment. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to start talking a little bit more about how like all of this is kind of like pushes us outside of our comfort zone, but how we can sort of more consistently move out of our comfort zone more easily and with more grace and flow so that we can continue to grow and expand without feeling like it's a big struggle. Okay. That sounds wonderful. Wonderful, Noemi. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and on Facebook Live and all over the place. And we will be right back after these messages. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Noemi Grace, author of the book. Oops, 
I lost it here. Uh, an intimate dialogue with God, the miraculous power of unconditional self-love. Um, unconditional self-love actually is out of most people's comfort zone, isn't it? Oh, totally. Even <laughs> self-love is out of some people's self, uh, comfort zone. Yeah. Conditional self-love is in most of ours, you know, um, mm. but some people even the idea of self-love is, is outside the comfort zone. Right. And so, uh, you know, we're talking about moving out of our comfort zone this hour. So how did, like, this experience that you've had and this ability uh, that you've developed over time where you can really hear God, the universe, spirit kind of talking to you and and sharing its its knowledge and wisdom. I mean, that experience itself is out of most people's comfort zone. But how does this kind of, or how do the messages actually help us to move out of our own comfort zones uh, with more ease and grace? Sure. And, and I actually prefer my under- the way that I understand this is that we want to expand the comfort zone. Mm. Right? The comfort zone is like a second skin. So right. a snake without the skin, you know, when it sheds the skin, it right. gets a new one. Yep. Now, the hermit crab without the shell, walking around, is going to feel unsafe. So we need the comfort zone. It, it is protective, but the problem is that it can become very limiting. And right. so this protection is now very limiting. So, so rather than stepping outside of it, which can be such a scary prospect, um, mm-hmm. if, you, if you have an idea of where your comfort zone is, now we're outside that second skin, is, is to grow ourselves so that we now ha- are so much more comfortable with so many things, mm-hmm. um, you know, and some things will always be outside the comfort zone. I am not jumping out of the plane intentionally, <laughs> unless, unless the plane is going down, and you know, right. but other than that, and for some people, that is so inside their comfort zone. Yes. And, and so it is, so to me, that's a whole lot less scary. It's, it's organic. We're growing ourselves. We're going to, right. what is just outside the edge of that comfort zone, we want to grow into that. So we can expand our comfort zone. So eventually, our comfort zone is is much larger and and not so limiting. Um, mm. And we get to define the limits of that. And a lot of times we've defined them as being very limiting. Mm. I'm not going to meet new people because I've been hurt, or I you know I'm not going to take some risks. Mm. And so to take the risk to expand the comfort zone. Mm. Um, and so. I see it that way, and it's much more organic and less scary mm. to grow into. Yeah. It's like the, the snake growing into new skin or the crab having to right, grow into right. getting I, a new, new shell. I, I remember one time I was at a workshop, and, and the person presenting the workshop kind of like drew a circle and said, like, this is your comfort zone, and everything you have right now is inside of the circle. But then there are like little, and he make little dots outside the circle and say like, these are the things you want that you don't have yet because they're outside of your comfort zone. And what he said was, you know, you don't just grow the whole big thing at once. Is maybe this little section here where there's a dot just outside, you know, that 
kind of bumps out and, 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 and you grow a little bit on here. So you get that piece and then you go down here and you grow down and you grow that piece and then that piece. And so, you know, mm-hmm. by the end, instead of having this like perfectly round circle, you had this like thing that almost looked like a, a flower almost, you know, with little petals coming out in different places. And so you, you, you step outside and, and then you step a little outside in one pl- direction, step a little bit outside another direction. And then over time, you kind of grow just a little bit after having taken so many steps. So now your circle, instead of being a little bit smaller, is now a little bit larger and it kind of encompasses these other little things. And it may not be perfectly round. It could be kind of weird shaped, but it, its overall size is just a little bit bigger. So it's not humongously bigger. It's not, you know, like you say, we jump out of a plane. And I, I agree with you. I don't see any reason why to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. I don't care what you have strapped to your back. Um, but you, you, you've made these little steps, and so you've moved a little bit outside. Yeah, I love that, the flower image. I mean, that's so beautiful. You know, so it, it, we, we just, and, and so that's a great way to to grow the comfort zone, to grow ourselves, to grow that second skin is to choose right. one thing that, you know, that is just so close, but is, is, um, is something that's, that's a little bit scary or, um, we're, we feel like we're not ready to embrace it. It could be something as simple as, as telling somebody, um, a, a conversation that you've been avoiding yeah. some, some, someone's actions or words have, have been very hurtful to you and you avoid that conversation so your comfort zone is i will just you know i don't mm. i don't confront i don't have difficult conversations uh, i don't initiate them i stay right. it's too scary and if you take that risk um to have that conversation and you do it from a non-attacking place that can open your comfort zone and even help the other person to open there sometimes depending on who some people you right. just never want to confront but there right. are most people can be confronted in a kind way and, and receive benefit. Right. And, and it may not necessarily be all about confronting them per se, but sharing how what they did or what they said made you feel. Because then you're yeah, not so necessarily much. saying what they did was wrong, but you're saying how what they did made you feel. So you're just expressing your feelings. Yeah, oh, that's so much better. I love that wording. Yes, where you are actually being authentic. Right. right. So, so I, I like that, that um, what you just said, because a comfort zone, we can feel inauthentic in our comfort zone if it's too limiting, yeah. too confining. And yeah. so when we can get just a little bit be stretched beyond where we've been, um, we actually become more authentically us. So to, right. to actually speak from your heart how this person's actions how you felt because of those, you know, in response to their actions, you are becoming more authentically you, and right. um, and you're you're expanding more into yourself because we're so right. much bigger than the comfort zone. But right. we have ourselves locked in there because we perceive us, ourselves as being so much smaller than we really are. Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. We are much, much greater than than we give ourselves credit for, aren't we? Um, so I'm, I'm curious now, uh, uh, with, let's say some of the messages in your book around unconditional self-love around sort of seeing through the eyes of love, 
And, and we mm. just got like a minute before we go to break and then we'll come back and continue the conversation. You know, how does seeing things through the eyes of love, you know, help us to sort of, you know, make those little baby steps forward uh, out of our comfort zone? Yeah. Oh, that's great. And so, um, you know, and that, that really is how the messages I started to receive, that was one of the first messages, was um, to, to, to step back and say, what do I see if I look at this from love, this being the thing that I'm not so happy with? Right. What do I choose when I choose from love? And so in love, there is no judgment. Love mm. and judgment cannot coexist despite what we have all been taught to believe. Yeah. And so love and constructive feedback, yes, but love and judgment, no. So, mm. But we see so much. We embrace judgment. Judgment is what we're taught from day one practically, and we see it everywhere we look. And so our self-judgment is going to keep us small and limited mm. for sure. Yeah. So we're going to stay in that comfort zone. We're going to stay, you know, curled up there just in this comfortable space, like somebody with a weighted blanket on at night, you know, yeah. just kind of compressed and contracted. Right. And um, learning to see, to step out of that and say, if I, if I could look at this from love, what would I see? Right. What would somebody who could look at this from love see if we're too attached to the judgment? And stepping back and observing that from love, you can have compassion for yourself. Oh, look look what I'm doing. I'm limiting myself. And it's not judgment. It's compassion. And that compassion opens up the whole world to you because now you can do so many things that you can't do when you're judging yourself, limiting yourself through the judgment. Right. And how can you stop judging others until you stop judging yourself? Yeah. Yeah. If you judge yourself, you are going to judge others. (laughs) All right. So let's hold it there. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, um, let's just talk about uh, a little bit more of sort of maybe some of the big themes that you have in your book and how they can really support people in um, practicing that self-love and sort of what that looks like when we interact with other people, okay? Great. Awesome. Thank you. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we will be right back after these messages. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. And I just want to remind everybody on, on Facebook Live, you know, you could, uh, we shared the video all over the place, um, but, you know, some people might be listening to this afterwards on our new page, Inspired Thoughts with Sam. Um, if you do have any questions or comments, uh, please feel, fear, feel free to type them into the comment section of the uh, video and, and we will get to them. Um, and also just to remind everybody, um, our email list uh, on the talkradio.nyc website did get 
clobbered last week and we're trying to rebuild it. So if you're not receiving our newsletter anymore, either go to talkradio.nyc and sign up for the newsletter or go to um, theconsciousconsultant.com and sign up for my personal newsletter there um, just so that we can keep in touch and let you know what's going on. Okay, so Noemi. Um, Yes. Your book, and and, and, um, just really, really briefly, because we don't have that much time in this segment, what was the motivation for writing An Intimate Dialogue with God? And I understand it's like the first of a series, but let's just, you know, in general, like, like why did you say, like, okay, I got to put this down on paper and get it out there for people to see it? Okay. Well, I was instructed, actually, in in my conversations with the divine, with source, Ah. to do that. Okay. Um, And so I was receiving messages daily. Um, and on all kinds of subjects, but it started with with this, and it started with what I mentioned before, which is what do I see when I look at this from love, and what do I choose when I choose from love? So Mm. um, looking, changing our perception, changing the way we see and choose things, Mm. and um, so, yeah, I was told to do it. It wasn't like... (laughs) What wasn't your choice, huh? Um, okay, so so <laughs> being told what to do, um, I imagine that was a little bit outside your comfort zone. But oh yeah, how and and other than than unconditional self love, which is probably like the biggest theme in your book, what would you say are, are are a couple of the other big themes that are in the book? Yeah, so I mean, unconditional self love is there, but. It's also the theme of discovering the truth of who you are, that we're not mm. our ego self. Who we think we are is not who we are. We're so much more wonderful. And mm. there, there are tools there to help you discover who you really are at your core mm-hmm. and um, to embrace that. And also self-acceptance. Mm. Um, we're told that self-acceptance is a miracle. Oh. And when you can do the, open yourself, self-acceptance and you can start to accept yourself, you become more self-abundant, which can lead, which leads to outer abundance, but it also opens you to opportunities that you didn't think were there. And so, in, really, even though it's about unconditional self-love, it's about divine love and self-love, loving ourselves with God's love, which is the source of all unconditional love. And because the ego can't do it. You know, right. it's not going to love us unconditionally because <laughs> as soon as we do something that we're like, hmm, now we're, we're going to be judged. And, and so and, it really is looking at ourselves and experiencing ourselves in a new way. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, you know, we're not talking about a sort of self-centered, narcissistic form of, of self-love where you, no, you put yourself above everything else and you're you 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 do things for yourself to the detriment of others it it's uh, like a true heartfelt um uh, uh self-love where uh, we we sort of hold ourselves gently and kindly and with compassion mm. and then that way we can hold others gently and kindly and with compassion Absolutely. So it is really about learning to love ourselves as the divine does, which is mm. unconditionally, unconditional and accepting. And mm. so being able to do that, whatever we do for ourselves, we're going to do for someone else. And so when we can do that for ourselves, we start to love other people that way. Yeah. Even when they do something that maybe disappoints us or hurts us a little bit, but, it was, you know, we can still love them. 
right. because we're loving ourselves in a new way. So it's not, it's not, yes, it's not this ego love. It's not this narcissistic love. It's this unconditional, unwavering, and accepting love. Yeah. And, and compassion. Yes, and compassion, always. And so how does this bring the horizon closer, getting, getting back to sort of where we started off about how <laughs> moving past our comfort zone helps to bring the horizon closer? How does this sort of compassionate self-love help to bring the horizons closer? When we do that, it changes. When we are compassionately self-loving, we change the way we look at ourselves and we change the way we look at our world. And so as we are looking out into our world, we're seeing things differently. Mm. We don't see scary stuff on the horizon in the way that we did. We see yeah. opportunity. I mean, this doesn't happen overnight. But yeah. so we start to see things differently. We start to yeah. see opportunities where um, we didn't see them before. We start to desire something differently. Mm. Um, we're not listening to the messages of, judgment that are mm. in us that have been in us in our mind we're, we're listening to oh when we see something out there it's like oh huh wow interview on a radio mm. huh <laughs> yeah why not rather than who i've never done that before you know? <laughs> so, so we, start, <laughs> we start to just see things not so not fearfully right. love and you know we learn from conversations God and of course the miracles and so many things that love and fear is the antithesis of love, you know. Mm. So when we're seeing out there fear, we're not in that loving place. Right. And and even when we're recognizing that we do feel fear, that we do that from even a compassionate and loving place and and, and allow it to be okay, like, oh, we are afraid. Oh, okay, it's okay to be afraid. But let's be loving and compassionate to ourselves, even though we're being afraid. Absolutely. So using those, using those awarenesses. Oh, I'm in fear. I'm in judgment. Not to beat ourselves up anymore, but stepping mm -hmm. out of that and going, "Wow, I need to be. I need more self-love. I need more yeah. self-compassion, or I need to be more loving to that person. And and this is what I need. So I'm going to mm -hmm. make make it a priority. Right. I'm going to sit." meditate and just be in a space of of universal love yeah. and things like that where we can just respond differently right. so we see oh we see that we're judging we see that we're fearful and we're, we're responding differently mm. yeah. yeah yeah um so this uh, uh uh book that came out the uh an Intimate Dialogue with God, The Miraculous Power of Unconditional Self-Love. This is just the first in a series of books. Just We only got like a minute left. What are the next books uh, in this series going to be about? Okay. So the second book, which is going to be really wonderful, um, is about how freedom, um, how forgiveness paves the way to freedom. And it is a new uh. perspective on freedom and because it is a new perspective on forgiveness. Mm -hmm. People are seeking forgiveness from God, which is totally right. unnecessary because God's not judging us. And so right. that's going to probably raise some eyebrows. Um, and then there's a book about divine grace, which is really uh. sweet. And then the last one's about the soul's journey with, through time and, and our life purpose. And so really, it's all supportive, loving, sweet messages, um, but deep. Uh, okay, beautiful. Powerful. So one last question. You know, <laughs> you've, you've now like been on this path for 
a, a good, well, I would say eight years, but it's actually more like eight, 18 or 19 years. Do you still get surprised today? I mean, with these messages and what's happening around you, do, do, do things still surprise you or, or are things kind of, you know, moving the way you expect? There's always surprises. If I expect <laughs> expectation is something that's going to set me up to be surprised. It just mm. will. Um, you know, I have intention. I can. I, I desire certain things, but it doesn't happen in the way I have been. I have not. I've been less able to control things than in the past. Yeah. Um, but I can. I put out this, this intention for something to happen, and it happens in its own way, which doesn't necessarily look like. It looked before. My. So, but I feel when I say I've been less able to control things, it's because I'm not trying to control certain things that I used to try to control. Uh, I'm, I'm able to to allow that to manifest in the most organic way. So, mm. but yeah, surprise, absolutely, things <laughs> <laughs> happen. <I'm>, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, well, Noemi, thank you so much for taking the time to come on my show today. If people want to learn more about you, uh, find you, contact you, what, what's the best way for them? Uh, my website is noemigrace.com, N-O-E-M-I-G-R-A-C-E.com, or I also have a Facebook author page, so Noemi Grace Author. Um, it's the best way to find me and communicate, and I will respond if you do communicate. Wonderful. And your book, uh, An Intimate Dialogue with God, it's available like Amazon, uh, bookstores everywhere, that kind of thing? Um, right now, just Amazon. Just so Amazon. Okay. An Intimate Dialogue with God, The Miraculous Power of Unconditional Self-Love, right now on Amazon. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Noemi. I, I hope uh, next time you make it down to New York City, you look me up and we can get together, have a cup of tea, okay? okay? Ooh, I would love that. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. And, and thank you. And of course... Thank you to all my loyal listeners out there. I really appreciate you guys tuning in today, um, whether you did it through talkradio.nyc or on the Facebook Live or on the video afterwards or the podcast afterwards. Uh, I do appreciate you all. Please, um, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, uh, I'm always happy to hear from you. Uh, what do you like about the show? What don't you like about the show? What would you like to see more of? What would you like to hear less of? Uh, we always uh, appreciate all of the feedback that you send us. So thank you all for tuning in. Stay tuned. Coming up next on talkradio.nyc, it's uh, Ken D. Foster and his show, Voices of Courage, uh, today talking about um, uh, having the courage to create, let me think if I can remember this, Bob, increasing wealth without burnout. So I think it's about kind of how to build yourself up without burning out. So I uh, hope you'll listen to that. And of course, uh, tomorrow we have Jeremiah Fox with a brand new episode of The Entrepreneurial Web and Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. And we thank you all for tuning in and we will talk to you next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.